For today's podcast, I'm going to be talking with Mark Hudson, and he's the executive director of something called the Ag Container Recycling Council. And this is not something that I had ever heard about until uh, I was at a meeting this week. And uh, it's actually a really kind of cool thing that goes on in the agricultural worlds. So I'll start by having Mark sort of introduce how, how he got actually involved in this thing called the Ag Container Recycling Council. Sure. Thank you, Steve. Uh, yeah, so I uh, have been affiliated with the uh, Ag Container Recycling Council, which uh, I will begin to refer to as the ACRC. That's right. the way we're known in the industry. Since about 2010, I actually started my career in ag working for a couple of different uh, chemical manufacturers, uh, registrants within the industry. One was, uh, at the time, uh, MANA, uh, now Adama, and uh, then also for Keminova. Uh, both of them were members of the ACRC, and so I actually was a member representative for both of those companies, and then eventually was asked to serve on the board for the ACRC. So that's a little bit of background on my past experience with the ACRC and then about a year ago I was actually working for another company and someone made me aware that the executive director of the ACRC was retiring and some of the board members mentioned that I ought to think about it. So here I am now as the executive director for the ACRC. And so what would you say is sort of the basic mission of ACRC? Yeah, sure. So our mission is uh, basically to help manage the stewardship of ag containers. And when I say ag containers, the scope of that would include crop protection, fertilizers, animal health, plant health, micronutrients, adjuvants. So a pretty broad uh, array of ag chemicals. And the containers, um, and the that, containers that, they that, came that, in. that they came in. And so particularly to make sure that uh, HDPE containers are collected and recycled and that the plastic that's recovered in that process is sold only to approved end uses. So through the 25-year history of the ACRC, part of the mission of the ACRC has been to research and evaluate and approve specific end uses for the plastic to make sure that all of the uh, plastic that's generated in this industry is uh, only going into those end uses. Obviously, we don't want the plastic to be burned or buried. Um, ideally, prefer that it not be even landfilled, but rather to be recovered and recycled and then uh, sold into end uses that are, are good, productive uses of the plastic. Far and away, the largest application or end use of the plastic is agricultural drain pipe. So things that you would see in, in culverts or even on the end of your downspout, what, what a lot of people outside of agriculture don't know yeah. is that ag drain pipe is used for tiling of fields. And so, you know, millions of pounds of plastic is used for tiling fields across this country. And the, and the tiling of fields is a thing so that if there's like excessive moisture in the spring or something like that, it helps carry it out, out of the field and basically keep the plants from kind of drowning 
when when that's happening. Right. So that's just that's just one of many approved end uses that through the years the ACRC has approved. Some others would include underground electrical conduit, things like plastic fence fencing or fence posts, mm-hmm. landscaping edging, even nursery pots, plastic speed bumps. As you can tell from all of those end uses, really the part of the evaluation process of the ACRC's technical committee is to look at the proposed end use and make sure that they would meet certain criteria that we would deem to be a good use of ag plastic. But so is the idea that, I mean, considering the range of different things you talked about, it's not like this plastic is necessarily contaminated with dangerous things or whatever, but it is the idea that you just sort of take that whole possible issue off of the table and say, exactly, this is not ever going to go into a consumer thing. It's not going to go into a landfill. It's right. Yeah. In fact, uh, through the years, the ACRC again, in fact, when the ACRC was first formed, it was called the uh, Ag Container Research Council. And so its mission was to research these end uses. And so through the the years of the ACRC research has continued to be at our core, but there's been a fair amount of research done to really validate what you just said, which is that, you know, first of all, the plastic has all been triple rinsed and, and that virtually there's, you know, very, very little remaining active ingredient that you would ever find in the plastic. But right. we've even done we've even done studies through universities to look at you know, making sure that the the levels of, of pesticide in the plastic are, are negligible. But it's really about, you know, the just the perception, public perception, that this was, uh, you know... This was once a, once container, a container that, that, that it, it included a pesticide. So obviously we yeah. wouldn't want those to go into things like, you know, food products or children's toys or, or that sort of thing. Right. Rather to go into things that are pretty benign. And so obviously things that are going back into the earth or into the soil. Uh, one of the end uses is what are called rebar chairs that go into concrete manufacture. Mm. Um, so okay. lots of things like that where, you know, you're never going to see the plastic again. What was interesting to me is that for the farmers or whoever it is that wants to turn in these containers, this is offered to them as a free service? That's correct. So. Our members uh, are the chemical registrants Mm -hmm. and then also the manufacturers of many of the packaging items. So, for instance, jug manufacturers or drum manufacturers, label manufacturers, cat manufacturers. They are some of our affiliate members, but um, our regular members are the chemical registrants. And so those members are who funds the collection uh, of really the whole entire budget of the ACRC is funded by our members. And so uh, we're therefore able to provide this free service to growers or end-use uh, professional applicators right. so that uh, their plastic can be collected and at no cost to them. So, so like the people that might be out there doing pest control, contract pest control for homeowners, could also be using something like yeah, that. Yeah, so we actually don't uh, include homeowner applications. So it's well, really the, the, the homeowners themselves or Yeah, just, sorry. Uh, yeah. So yes, professional professional applicators are, would be included, correct. Um, it's a tremendous uh, volume of plastic. So uh, currently 
the the plastic that's being sold into the marketplace is uh, in excess of about 34 million pounds a year of plastic. Wow. And so, um, you know, that's the, the universe of plastic that we're currently trying to go after. Well, and globally, there's this huge issue of plastic that like sends up in the ocean or something of that, but that mostly comes from the consumer side. So essentially what the industry has done here is basically ensured that agriculture in particular isn't going to be a contributor to that exactly. thing. And, and when did this start? This, this is... Uh, yeah, so in uh, 1992, um, so 1992, 93, 92 was when the ACRC um, Articles of Incorporation uh, were developed, and then in 93 was when the first collection uh, began. And so during the life of uh, in that, that history, we've collected over 190 million pounds of plastic in, in the life, lifetime of the ACRC, and so that translates to uh, over 80 or 90 million dollars that the industry has invested in the collection of containers. And this was done on a voluntary basis. This wasn't something that was imposed Correct. through regulation or something like that. This was just the industry saying we want to do the right thing. That's correct. In fact, it still is to this day. So our members are, are all volunteer, you know, voluntarily have joined the ACRC because they know it's the right thing to do. And so there are still a handful of, of companies that are chemical registrants that, as you well know, there's, you know, new registrants right, every right. year. And so we continue to, uh, to talk to those new companies and make them aware of the ACRC and our mission and are trying to, you know, as best as we can, you know, have, have our membership represent uh, as much of the industry as possible. And this isn't necessarily tied to the idea that, oh, these were containers from some particularly dangerous thing. I mean, it sounds like this would include actually pretty innocuous sort of things as well uh, you know yeah, as I mentioned we, we even even adjuvants are included in our scope so so, just so we have uh, we have actually when our members pay dues they pay their dues uh, based on the volume of plastic that they actually sold into the marketplace and we bill them their dues partly based on whether the product was a registered product or a non-registered product Right. And so it's actually split up that way when they report every year. We send out a survey to all of our members, and our members report back confidentially to the ACRC the volume of plastic. And then they pay, pay essentially what equates to their fair share. So the total budget of the ACRC is divvied up to all of our members based on the percentage of plastic that they sold into the marketplace of all the other members. So does that end up being a pretty big cost compared to what they're selling the product for or is it it's still fairly small uh, yeah it, it would be you know certainly pennies uh, on the on, on the, the on the gallon of their of their product that's sold uh, in, in the marketplace so in the grand scheme of things uh, it, it's it, again on a, either a pennies per pound or a pennies per gallon uh, mm -hmm. of the pesticide product it's quite small 
when they get their invoice every year to pay their dues, you know, there are some sizable invoices, but yeah, I mean, it, in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's, it's really quite it's, small. It's not really that and, big. And I think that all of our members would certainly recognize as, as based on their participation in the program all these years that, A, it's the right thing to do and that, it, you know, it's a very small price to pay to ensure that our, our industry is above reproach and is doing the right thing to, you know, steward these containers from really, uh, the time they're sold into the marketplace to making sure that they're put into a, a good end use at the end of their useful life. Wow, that's great. And just the whole idea that this was engaged in because the industry said, yeah, that's what we ought to do. That's that's the right way to do things. That, in fact, that's amazing. It, it really is to me. And as I understand it, we are the oldest stewardship program in the United States. So it's a pretty neat story for our industry. It uh, is. When you think of, you know, the recycling of plastic is, uh, is a growing topic of discussion. Yeah. And, uh, and the whole area of plastic and pollution and, and all of that is a growing area of concern. So when you look at our industry uh, really having been a, a front runner in making sure that having the vision 25 years ago to recognize that, you know, this is a a part of the product that we need to make sure is, is handled the right way. It's pretty remarkable. No, I, I think that's great. And I suspect that isn't what most people imagine that, you know, big companies, you know, think that way, but that is actually the way they've been thinking. And 1992, okay, this, this is not like some recent thing here. The, no. This, no, that's amazing. I wonder if any other industries have thought about this, like the, the soda industry or the milk industry that generates, you know, probably vastly more plastic per year, right? Yeah, no doubt. I, I, I can't really speak to um, yeah. what other industries are doing, but I, you know, one of the things that's become a, a lot more visible is in 2016, I don't know uh, if you're aware, but China imposed what was called the, the China National Sword legislation, which basically said that no longer would China accept waste of any kind from other countries. So for many- Right, because they always used to be the place that all this yeah, stuff got sent. It really set, became right. almost a global dumping ground <laughs> right, for people. Right. And it included plastic you know, from, from the United States and from most other parts of the world. And so when that was stopped, suddenly the whole world, you know, the, the plastic food chain, if you will, began to back up. And I really believe that ultimately that will serve to, to make the U.S. Uh, recycling, so I'll call it the supply chain uh, of plastic recycling, more efficient, forcing us to be more creative and, and to have more efficient processes in probably every other country the same way. Uh, just another reason why I'm, I'm glad that uh, our industry has, has really been way ahead of the curve in making sure that we have processes in place to handle the plastic that comes from our industry. Yeah, I, I hope that will become a model for other industries. Absolutely. That would be great. Well, I think the, the, the main message that I certainly would want to convey to you know, folks that uh, you would communicate with is really just encouraging growers and end users to, to do the right thing. For many years, there's been past practices of, of, of burning and burying that 
you know, really we, we want to, you know, put an end to that and, yeah. and encourage people to recognize that, you know, not only is it the right thing to do, but you're, you're, you're also making sure that this plastic is going into productive end uses. And so just yeah. encouraging people like to... Yeah, like actually useful things, not just filling up some landfill someplace. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's great. Well, I, I really appreciate the chance to talk to you about that today, and, and I'm really glad that I learned about this. This was nothing I, I had ever even heard of. So. Well, it's a privilege. I appreciate the opportunity. All right. Thank you very much. You can follow me on Twitter at GrapeDoc, at G-R-A-P-E-D-O-C, and visit my blog at www.popagriculture.com.